Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. What's up, everybody? You know who this is. It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and welcome to the ninth installment of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, the only independent outlet dedicated to covering high school hockey in our region. Let me jump right into the opening face-off by saying that there was some phenomenal hockey played over the past seven days as teams battled for the opportunity to move one step closer towards championship weekend in Buffalo. This was a great week for me, which was chock full of high school pucks action, beginning with Clarkstown versus Rytown Harrison on Sunday, February 19th, followed by Rye versus Henhut Haldane on Monday, February 20th. After that, it was Brewtown versus Mayapack on Tuesday, February 21st, and the next night I took in Pearl River versus Somers North Salem on Wednesday, February 22nd. On Friday, February 24th, I traveled over to my favorite large metal building, a.k.a. Brewster Ice Arena, for Byram Hills versus John Jay, and was back there again today for both the Division I and Division II section championship games as well. In total, between Sunday, February 19th and Sunday, February 26th, I attended a total of seven high school playoff hockey games. The postseason wasn't without its fair share of controversy, though. So what was the biggest story of the 2016-2017 playoffs? Was it the Rivertown forfeiture? The Ben Schwartz suspension? The infamous no-goal call during the Pearl River versus Somers North Salem quarterfinal game? What about the double overtime semifinal game between Byram Hills and John Jay, which ended in a 1-0 victory for the Indians? Lastly, in light of a few missed calls and questionable officiating this past week, do you think they should add a third on-ice official and two goal judges for all playoff games? I'd also like to know which matchup was your favorite from this past week. Later on during the dump and chase, we'll hear from players, fans, parents, and coaches about all of this and more. And during the In the Box segment, I sit down with head coach Ed Witts, senior forward Nat Heinz, and senior forward Ben Hurd from the four-time Section 1 Division II champion Pelham Pelicans. Let's take a short break, and we'll be right back after this. This is Ben Hurd, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show. Now it's time for Around the Rinks. This was quite the week for high school hockey fans as there were a number of intriguing matchups between teams who have battled each other all season. And now we know who will be heading to the regional games on Saturday, March 4th. In Division 1, we have Mamaronek and Monroe Woodbury out of Section 9. This game will be played on Saturday, March 4th at the Ice Time Sports Complex in Newburgh with a 4.30 p.m. puck drop. In Division 2, we have Pelham and Queensbury out of Section 2. This game will be played on Saturday, March 4th 
at the Ice Hutch in Mount Vernon with a 4 p.m. puck drop. Let's take a quick look at the games which got us to this point. Here are the results from Monday, February 20th through Sunday, February 26th. Rye beat Henhud Haldane 7 to nothing. Mount Pleasant defeated Eastchester Tuckahoe Bronxville Edgemont 4 to 3 in overtime. Mamaroneck beat Clarkstown 4 to 1. Suffern defeated Scarsdale 5 to 3. Mayapak beat Brewtown 4 to 2. North Rockland defeated White Plains 8 to 5. Pelham beat Rye 7 to 2. Byram Hills defeated Mount Pleasant 4 to 1. Somers North Salem beat Pearl River 3-2 in overtime. John Jay defeated Horace Greeley 6-0. Rye Country Day School beat King 7-2. St. Luke's defeated Harvey 4-3. John Jay beat Byram Hills 1-0 in double overtime. Pelham defeated Somers North Salem 10-1. Suffern beat Mayapak 5-3. Mamaroneck defeated North Rockland 3-1. Rye Country Day School beat St. Luke's 3-1 to win the FAA tournament and are the 2017 FAA champions. Mamaroneck defeated Suffern 4-0 and are your 2017 Section 1 Division 1 champions. Pelham beat John Jay 6-1 and are your 2017 Section 1 Division 2 champions. And Stepanak beat Xavier 5-4 in overtime in Game 1 of a Best of 3 Championship Series. And from the New York State Amateur Hockey Association High School Club Tournament, Smithtown Hopog beat Arlington 7-2, East Islip defeated FDR 5-4, Ward Melville beat John Jay 10-0, Kings Park Comac defeated Arlington 12-2, FDR beat John Jay 6-5, Northport Huntington defeated Arlington 9-8 in a shootout, Ward Melville beat FDR 3-2 in a shootout, and East Islip defeated John Jay 10-3. It's going to be a long six days with no high school pucks to keep me occupied. Perhaps I'll pay my DVR a visit or actually watch a Rangers game in its entirety for the first time since January 1st. You're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, the number one destination for high school hockey talk, and we'll be right back after this. Now it's time for the dump and chase. This week, I wanted to know, what was the biggest story of the 2016-2017 postseason? Was it the Rivertown forfeiture, the Ben Schwartz suspension, the no-goal call in the Pearl River versus Somers North Salem quarterfinal game, or the double overtime Division II semifinal game between Byram Hills and John Jay? And lastly, which matchup was your favorite from this past week? Here's what you all had to say anonymously for the most part. The Wolverines chimed in with, the biggest story of the postseason out of Section 6 has to be the Miracle on Ice game when Patrick Sisler of the Niagara Falls Varsity Federation hockey team made 49 saves in a 3-1 playoff victory to upset heavily favored Orchard Park 
on Saturday, February 18th. An anonymous contributor said, The Schwartz DQ? That's why we have rules. Unlucky on forfeit, and he should have to sit a played game. If Bosey's lets him play, they were right in allowing the George Brett home run with a pine tar bat. I didn't agree with that one either. The overreaction of teams being able to manipulate results is BS. The player earned his DQ all by himself. An anonymous contributor said, In a way, Rivertown shot Scarsdale in the foot. I'm not saying they forfeited on purpose, but if they wanted to take a shot at Scarsdale, they could do that. An anonymous contributor said, Playoffs are sacred. If you make it, you should send a team. An anonymous contributor said, It was a hit from behind. That same hit was called another time as a two-minute penalty and another time not at all in the same game. Completely arbitrary. It happened in front of the Hamden parent side and they went crazy. No way it gets called like that otherwise. Player was not hurt, did not lay on the ice, no delay in game. I've seen way worse not called at all or given minors. Completely arbitrary. An anonymous contributor said, I've seen a lot about it. The kid was supposed to serve his suspension during the Rivertown game, but the forfeit, now that doesn't count as a game served because he technically didn't have to sit out. I could see why this would be such a questionable situation. He's an impact player without a doubt. You wish things like this didn't happen. An anonymous contributor said, Schwartz should be able to play. Unfair to hold someone out of the playoffs because a team forfeited. An anonymous contributor said, Those are always tough calls. A player turns his back, and a lot of times it's unintentional. I didn't realize they played Hamden last game. It wasn't even a New York team, so it shouldn't impact his ability to play. An anonymous contributor said, The forfeit should count as part of the one-game suspension. Technically, the game between Rivertown and Scarsdale should count because there was a final outcome of the game and Scarsdale advanced in the tournament. An anonymous contributor said, I think he should be able to play. Tyler Stark said, He has to miss the suffering game. It happened to us when I played. Ian Adler was suspended for a hit against West Genesee. Our next game was supposed to be Monroe Woodbury, but it was canceled because of weather, so he had to miss the game after that, which was White Plains. Maybe it's different because it was a forfeit instead of a weather-related cancellation. An anonymous contributor said, He definitely shouldn't have hit that kid from behind. Those are the kind of hits you want to take out of the game, but they are advancing rounds without him. Rivertown would have been a game they may have survived without him, but Suffren is a whole different beast, especially in the playoffs, and just look at the two games they played earlier this year, 2-1 and 2-2. I saw he had points on three of their four goals. I agree he should serve a game, but not at the discretion of any other team, and definitely not with the season on the line. And in related news, the Eastern Hockey League made the following statement concerning forfeited games by the New York Apple Corps and the New Jersey Rockets elite teams. We are aware other leagues have proceeded with games in which one team or the other did not have the required number of players. This is a dangerous situation for a number of reasons. Therefore, the Eastern Hockey League has posted forfeits and fined the violating teams per league rules and the rules of USA Hockey. An anonymous contributor said his consequence was that his team would have to play a game without him on the ice. Shouldn't matter if it was the playoffs or what round or if a game was forfeited or anything. 
One of the Rivertown legend players said, Yeah, we were mad we didn't play Scarsdale. If we had a full roster, we could have given them a run for a win. But we had 10 players, only 8 skaters, so there was no point in us going there to get embarrassed. Rob Heineman said, Unfortunate situation. Rivertown misses out on a playoff game, and Schwartz now missed a quarterfinal on a technicality. It stinks all around. An anonymous Scarsdale fan said, Remember, the DQ would have been served if there was not a forfeit at the zero hour in the playoffs. Should a forfeit decide the outcome? An anonymous Scarsdale player said, We got this, even without Ben. Everyone knows what we need to do. From the starters to the bench players, we're all ready. If we come out strong and net a goal early, it'll be very difficult for Suffren and any other team we face before States to beat us. An anonymous fan said, My favorite game of the postseason was the come-from-behind win by Suffren over Scarsdale, featuring Evan Kama's hat trick. Nick Abreu said, The biggest stories of this year's postseason were the Rivertown forfeit and the Schwartz suspension. Maddie Allen said, The biggest story of this year's postseason had to be the almost five periods of scoreless hockey between Byram Hills and John Jay, coupled with the stellar play of Grace Lunder. Patrick Cavanaugh said, Double OT, of course. Hands down, this was one of the wildest weeks in Section 1 that I can remember, complete with a forfeit, a suspension, overtime games, and controversy in the goal crease. I said it on Twitter a few days ago, Section 1 should seriously consider adding a third on-ice official and two gold judges for every playoff game to ensure the proper calls are made. They also need to make sure only referees with the highest ratings are given the privilege of working playoff games. I ran a poll asking for people's thoughts on these additions, and a whopping 86% of you were in favor of making these changes. But as we all know, at the end of the day, hockey is a game of inches, bounces, and a little puck luck too. Sometimes things go your way, and other times, they don't. Hope you're enjoying Episode 9 of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, and we'll be right back after this. This is Natty Heinz, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show. Now it's time for my favorite part of the show. I am pleased to be joined by uh, three members of the 2016 Section 1 Division 2 champion Pelham Pelicans varsity hockey team. Uh, they are senior forward Ben Hurd, senior forward Nat Heinz, and head coach Ed Witz. And they're about to spend some time in the box. How's it going, guys? Awesome. Good. All right. Favorite thing about playing high school hockey? Um, I guess for me it's definitely just like yeah, the atmosphere of everything, like everyone just always coming to the games and everyone's really excited for how we're going to do it, how we're going to play, so that's the best part for me. Okay. And I'd say just making friends with everybody and everybody being super pumped about it in school and um, you know, representing your town. Anything? Ed, I know you've been coaching a long time. What's your favorite thing about high school hockey? I think it's the uh, community aspect of it, the fact that you know, kids get to play in front of their friends, something that they'll never do ever again. And in certain instances, like with us, where we have, you know, big crowds and a lot of excitement, unless they're going to play NHL uh, hockey or Division One hockey, they're never going to 
get these opportunities. And also to play in front of your friends is, is an amazing thing. All right. Coach, describe your team in five words or less. Hardworking. Quick. Opportunistic. Grinders. All right. Uh, Pre-game meal, fellas. I have chicken parm and spaghetti. Chicken parm and spaghetti. What about uh, you? Actually, I go have chicken parm too and spaghetti. Okay. Um, what excites you the most about this team? I think it's a combination of things. I think it's a combination of obviously the skill, the experience, and the fact that this particular team has it has it in their minds that they have unfinished business. And I think that that is something that is driving us game in and game out. I think the, the for the seniors, the last three years have been, you know, crazy endings where we just weren't able to get to the very end. And I think that they're pretty determined to get us past it. Great answer. Uh, Pre-game routine. Um, for me, all right, uh, usually after warm-ups, I'll, uh, I'll uh, get the soccer ball for a while and probably juggle for about 25 minutes and then get to the locker room with like five minutes left to spare. But okay. <laughs> you got to get warmed up. Yeah, I stay, I stay after in the mirror room and I, and I stretch a little bit. Then I go back to the locker room roll out for a while. Then, okay. yeah. Uh, biggest rival? Uh, I'd probably go with... Uh, in section or out of section? In section. In section? Well, it's hard to have a, a rivalry when, when they don't do that much winning, but I'd say it's Mamaroneck. Okay. Uh, I'd I say traditionally it's Rye, but nowadays it's Mamaroneck. Do you have a thought, Coach? Biggest rival? Uh, in section, would I guess it would have to be Rye because that's the team that we play in the playoffs, but out of section, Skinny Atlas. Okay. Yeah. That's I'll, I'll definitely take Skinny Atlas, too. Yeah. Um, thoughts on the season so far, Coach? Um, well, I think, obviously, we've been pretty successful so far, but my main, my main concern now is making sure that they, you know, don't read the press clippings and realize that we still have a lot of work to do. Um, I'm kind of really concerned about, you know, as we move towards the playoffs that we don't kind of forget we got to keep our eye on the ball, I'd say. Keep our eye on the goal. Okay. Toughest rink to play in? Uh, I'd definitely say Sporto. Home okay. opener, Sporto. All right. Yes. Same De thing, Sporto? Yeah, Would you say Sporto is the toughest rink? No. I have, a, I, have, I have a great answer for that. Go ahead. Because it's something I've always thought about. Ebersole and Murray's. And the reason is, I'm not a big fan of outdoor hockey. There you go. No, really not. Yeah. <laughs> you okay. keep it. You know those yeah. winter classics. No thanks. Yeah. Nice. Um, what makes a successful hockey coach? Oh gee, I don't know. Um, I think. I think you know what's funny. In the, my 31 years, I think nowadays I do less actually coaching hockey than I do of all the other stuff. I mean, you re it's really become with all the changes of managing people and situations. Um, 
you know, and keeping everybody engaged and keeping everybody involved and keeping everybody in a situation where they're know what they're supposed to do and they're able to contribute and things like that. You know, and I think as long as you care about your players and you enjoy it, you're going to be fine. Um, one thing you absolutely need to bring with you on a road trip. Uh, definitely have fun so I don't have to listen to some of my kids after like 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I'd say one thing, a pillow, so I can sleep on the bus. Okay. Anything you need to bring, Ed, when you go on a road trip? Just phone charger. Yes. And, the, no, and no, the, the portable battery is right, There's nothing too. worse than having to send the game, this, a, a picture of the score sheet, down to whoever we have, you know, the, to the press right. and not having the, the phone working. Uh, favorite memory or moment as a coach this season? So far, is it beating, beating Skinny Atlas? You know, that's a really good question. Um, Grade eight, beating Skinny Atlas. I mean, there's a couple of big moments. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of them. I I have to say, it's going to be a little corny, but it is true. The first day of practice, when I came on the bench and I I looked at what we have, and I said to myself, man, look at the potential. Look at the potential it is. Um, favorite tournament to play in? Uh, Messina, I'd say. I like, yeah, it's the nicest, um, nicest rank. I like the barn. I'd have to go with, uh, I haven't done it in a, we haven't done it in like a year or two, but uh, the one up in Augsburg, because uh, we get to stay on the same lunch river, and that's great, and their rink is, uh, it's like the bubble, but weirder. Do you have a favorite tournament, Coach? I like the Messina one only because of its tradition. Uh, they've got a lot of tradition up there. I mean, they're, they've always been good, and they've, you know, they're in the, one of the most prolific high school hockey teams in the state. And for us, it's, uh, it took me a long time to get into that tournament, so I really appreciate it. Biggest challenge you face, and you kind of talked about this already, biggest challenge you face as a coach? Keeping, keeping the guy's eyes eye on the ball. I mean, I thought last year, I thought we, towards the end of the year, when we were at practice, I thought we were lost a little focus because you seem to get caught up in it. And I'm really concerned. But I do, like I said, the, the, the great thing is that the leaders on this team and the, the captains and the seniors have this thing in their head of this whole unfinished business thing. They're, you know... It sounds like a cliche, but they're on a mission. And I really believe that. Um, who is the best dressed player? Calvin Peters. Calvin, yeah. Calvin Peters? Yeah. Wow. His, dad, his dad dresses him very well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give someone that's interested in getting into coaching? <laughs> wow, I will tell you that it's changed over the last... 31 years since I started it's right. all different and I mean it's uh, it's more I don't even think the word is coaching anymore I think it's managing people and personalities and it's it's a it's a it's there's a lot more responsibilities than just going out on the ice and running a practice you know it's it's completely changed I know my daughter when she played four years of uh, of uh, college hockey, played a lot, 
and when she started teaching, she said to me, oh, I might look at a coaching job. And I was, I was like, are you sure? Because there's a lot more to it than just, you know, than it used to be. A lot of fun, very rewarding. I enjoy the competition. Um, that's really why I, I do it, because I like the competition. But it's, it's much more involved than one would think. Most embarrassing on ice moment. Do you start off? No, you go. Alright, uh, well, for me, I definitely said uh, my uh, first game freshman year. <laughs> it was uh, against an upstate team, and they were, they were doing the whole starting lineup and everything. And they have it, like a lot of the upstate teams, they like line up on the uh, goal line, so they have their starting lineup on the goal line, and everyone else on the bench. And so they were calling out, they started with our team, they were calling out everyone's names. And I had never like seen a game before, so I had no idea what I was doing. And they happened to call my name first out of every single person on our team. And so in, I had no idea. And they were all just like yelling at me from the bench, They're like, "Oh, shake their hand, shake their hand." So instead of going to the coaches and shaking their hands and going back to our blue line, I went to like the far goal line and shook every single kid's hand one by one, and then skated back. And <laughs> everyone great. was just laughing at me the entire time. That's so great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say. I don't know if it was embarrassing, but I had I had to post um, against Skinny Atlas twice, like five seconds apart, same exact spot. Okay, I was pretty I was pretty embarrassed about that. <laughs> Coach, the state of hockey in the Hudson Valley <coughs> uh, improved dramatically. Uh, you got two teams right now ranked number one in the state, both D one and D two. You've got more teams going upstate and, and playing competitive hockey against some of these you know state teams. And you've got teams coming down to your tournament, to you know yes. your event in December. Yes. Well, that's you know part of my thing. Right. What I want to, what I want when I eventually retire, I want to be able to say that I did my part in trying to get our section right just up there with everybody else. Sure. Oh, we have players down here. We got guys to compete. I mean, we go upstate and we do pretty well. Yeah. And we have been doing well. And that's what my thing is. Who has the best flow? Evans. Yeah, Evans. yeah, Evans. Connor Evans takes very nice care of his flow. <laughs> uh, best Sully. Uh, I think Gibb thinks he has the best Sully, but I'd probably go with Steph. Yeah, Steph would give the orange to Sully. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Steph. Um, favorite professional hockey player, past or present? Yager. Yager? Yager, yeah. What? You have one? No idea. You have Bobby a favorite? Or. Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr, okay. You got one for me? I need more time for that. <laughs> How about uh, favorite professional hockey team? Uh, I'd go with the Rangers. Rangers? Yeah, Rangers. Rangers? I don't really follow the NHL much, believe it or not. But okay. If I do, it's the Rangers. Okay. Um, favorite, sports, favorite sport to play besides hockey? Um, probably Batman. Okay. Good. Uh, lacrosse, probably. Baseball. Nice. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for taking the time out. I appreciate it. Uh, that's senior forward Ben Hurd, senior forward Nat Heinz, and Pelham head coach Ed Witts, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast.
As our ninth episode comes to an end, it's now time for Stick Taps, where we honor, recognize, and acknowledge individual players, coaches, teams, or hockey-related events, and charities. Stick Taps go out to forward Joey D'Andrea of the Jackson Liberty Lions high school ice hockey team on earning the 100th point of his varsity career in an 8-2 win over Brick Memorial on Friday, February 17th. Stick taps go out to goaltender Patrick Sisler of the Niagara Falls Varsity Federation hockey team who made 49 saves in a 3-1 playoff victory to upset heavily favored Orchard Park on Saturday, February 18th. Stick taps go out to forward Maddie Gervais of the East Catholic Glastonbury South Windsor High School girls ice hockey team for setting the all-time single season goal scoring record at 23 in a 2-2 tie against Arlington Catholic on Saturday, February 18th. Maddie has 60 goals and a total of 96 points. She was named the 2016-2017 SCC Division I Player of the Year and First Team All-SCC as well. Stick taps go out to forward Nathan DeLuca of the Woodstock Academy Varsity Ice Hockey Team who scored four goals in an 8-0 win over Taconic out of Massachusetts to earn his 200th varsity point. Woodstock Academy became a varsity team just four years ago, so it took DeLuca only 76 games to reach this incredible milestone. Stick taps go out to goaltender Justin Schultz of the White Plains varsity hockey team for making 28 saves in a 6-5 win over New Rochelle, which earned him his first ever playoff win on Sunday, February 19th. Stick taps go out to goaltender Peter Ciolas of Mayapax varsity hockey team for making 45 saves in a 4-2 win over Brewtown on Tuesday, February 21st. Stick taps go out to forward Anthony Capello of the Lakeland Panis varsity hockey team for accumulating 59 goals and 38 assists during his varsity career. Stick taps go out to forward Kyle Converse of the Joel Barlow varsity hockey team for earning his 150th point in a 10-1 loss to Tritowns on Saturday, February 25th. Kyle has amassed a total of 86 goals and 64 assists during his varsity career, including 29 goals and 12 assists through 20 regular season games this season. Stick taps go out to forward Ben Hurd of the Pelham Memorial High School varsity hockey team for scoring the 100th goal of his varsity career in a 7-2 win over Rye on Wednesday, February 22nd. Stick taps go out to forward Andrew Harley of the Brockport High School varsity hockey team for earning the 100th point of his varsity career in a 6-0 win over Batavia Notre Dame on Wednesday, February 22nd. Stick taps go out to forward Ryan Black of the Woodstock Academy varsity ice hockey team for earning his 200th career varsity point in a 6-1 win over Eastern Connecticut on Wednesday, February 22nd. Stick taps go out to forward Ray Falso of the Skinny Atlas varsity hockey team on eclipsing the 200-point mark for his varsity career in a 4-0 win over Oswego on Wednesday, February 22nd. Ray has a total of 108 goals and 92 assists at the time of this recording, including 40 goals and 36 assists this season alone.
Stick taps go out to members of the new Canaan varsity hockey team who gave back to their community on Thursday, February 23rd by hosting a luncheon for the senior citizens who live at the schoolhouse apartment complex in New Canaan. The players also assisted the residents with some light housekeeping. Stick taps go out to Elijah Begin of the Massac Panthers varsity hockey team who joined the 100-point club in a 5-1 win over the Bolton Coventry Rockville Ram on Thursday, February 23rd. So far in 62 varsity games played, he has 48 goals and 52 assists. Elijah also scored his 49th goal in a 2-1 win over Wilton on Saturday, February 25th. Stick taps go out to forward Nat Heinz of the Pelham Memorial Varsity Hockey Team for earning the 100th point of his varsity career in a 10-1 win over Somers North Salem on Friday, February 24th. Stick taps go out to the Poly Prep and Fieldston Varsity Hockey Teams for participating in their 8th annual Winter Classic game to benefit the ALS Therapy Development Institute. Puck drop was scheduled for 7 p.m. on Friday, February 24th at Chelsea Piers. Stick taps go out to the Newtown Varsity Hockey Team for hosting a game against North Haven in honor of Colin Whitmore, who passed away one year ago from a brain AVM. Puck drop was set for 12.40 p.m. on Saturday, February 25th at the Danbury Ice Arena. All proceeds raised will be used for AVM research in Colin's honor. Stick taps go out to the Tri-Town Varsity Hockey Team for hosting a game against Joel Barlow in honor of Jacob Poulin, who at the age of five lost a hard-fought battle with brain cancer. Puck drop was set for 6.20 p.m. at the Enfield Twin Rinks. Jacob's family was also in attendance. All raffle proceeds will benefit a charity in Jacob's name. Stick taps go out to the Westchester Warriors Youth Hockey Team, which is a local spring youth hockey team in Westchester County. The team raises money for various charities and organizations. They have already raised close to $18,000 for the Maria Ferreri Children's Hospital at Westchester Medical Center. Stick taps go out to the Blackhawks Youth Hockey Program, who is hosting a New York Rangers assist benefit game at Rye Playland on Saturday, March 25th, with puck drop set for 5 p.m. The Blackhawks Youth Hockey Program has been around since 1996 and serves players and families from all over the tri-state area. And you can find out more information at www.benefitgames.com. Stick taps go out to the North Rockland Youth Hockey Program, who is hosting a New York Rangers Assist Benefit game at Sportorama on Sunday, March 5th, with puck drop set for 4 p.m. The North Rockland Youth Hockey Program was formed in the year 2000 to create and develop more hockey players in our local communities. New York Rangers alumni Glenn Anderson, Andre Doré, Ron Duguay, Stefan Matteau, and Steve Valiquette will be in attendance to play against North Rockland Youth Hockey Program coaches. More Rangers alumni are set to be announced shortly, and you can find out more information at www.benefitgames.com. And if you know of a player, coach, team, or hockey-related event or charity and would like them to receive stick taps in the future, please tweet me at TravJack71 using the hashtag HVPucks. That's it for the ninth episode of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, the premier destination for all things high school hockey-related in our region. I'm planning on attending at least one, if not both, of the regional games on Saturday, March 4th, so be sure to keep an eye out for the Rangers onesie. 
By the way, for those of you heading up to the Division I regional game, there's a great barbecue restaurant located in the Ice Time Sports Complex called The Handsome Devil. Also, the Orange County Choppers Cafe is close by as well. So be sure to check these places out when you're up here in my neck of the woods. Before I sign off, I want to thank my beautiful wife Marisol and my two daughters Juliana and Kayla for their never-ending support, love, patience, and understanding as I look to bring you the best show possible each and every week. Official HV Pucks gear is also available for purchase. You can send me a DM if you're interested in getting your hands on a hat, hoodie, long sleeve tee, sweatpants, or a short sleeve tee, because we've got it all. And a huge thanks to my girl, Cheryl Marcus, aka Lady Von Fury, who can be found on Twitter, at Lady Von Fury, for creating the custom logo and all the clothing too. And if you like the music you've heard throughout the show, you can check out the EP, Broken Walls by Fracture which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can also find them on Twitter at Fracture underscore Band, on Instagram at Fracture Official, Fracture Band Official on Facebook, and www.FractureOfficial.com on the web. Lastly, I'm very excited to announce that I've begun working with a sponsor who's going to bring cutting-edge research and technology with respect to athletic safety right here to the Hudson Valley. I'm going to have them on my show sometime in March, and I'm also going to add a new segment entitled From the Trainer's Room to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast beginning next season. I really want to start focusing on the disconnect between science and safety in sports while also focusing on athlete health, protection, safety, and nutrition while taking a look at what happens behind the scenes. This is your boy Trav, aka 5-Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink.